and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The fu- it- <laughs> you got me there. I got you. The, podca- the podcasting equivalent of a fire-damaged mango. Oh, I mean, that's rough. Mm, that's rough. I feel before. like in a lot of these things, you're not very complimentary about our podcast. No, no. It's a shit show. Literally a shit show. <laughs> He wasn't even trying. Literally and It's it's fun, isn't it? It's one of these things where we do it. Join us if you want. Leave if you don't care. Even even if it's the two of us in the tent still telling ghost stories and we don't have an audience, we'll still sit in that tent and tell those ghost stories to each other. Yeah. Although it, it has problem. to be said, the audience is growing, which I'm very happy about. We've had a huge rise, yeah, rise in uh, rise in numbers actually recently, which has been nice to see. And I think it's and and we've had this debate, ladies and gentlemen. Is it give, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down right now whilst you're listening to the podcast, okay? Because we'll see what you do with your thumbs. Yep. So have your thumb ready. Thumbs up if it's for the DCEU. Oh, interesting. Look at that. No, no, I know, I know. Okay, well, hang on. Here you go. Thumbs up if it's for the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, interesting. Mm. Even more interesting. Mm, interesting. Well, I tell tell you what, now that we know that information, that we've seen all of your thumbs, because we, we saw that, we saw what you did, um, and we we've see, we saw what else you did with your thumb the other week, which, you know, <laughs> goodness, didn't think it would fit up there. But uh, I meant into the mango. Yeah. Um, we, we uh, yeah, okay, nice. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing whatever one of those things that you thought is the good thing to keep doing. Absolutely. And also, we're pretty backed up with a lot of requests coming in. I've got some movie requests that I didn't, I haven't told you. I saw you obviously yesterday mm-hmm. and we sat down and watched the movie we're talking about today. We did indeed. And uh, I didn't have a chance to download to you a lot of requests that we now have right. that are kind of backed up. In fact, because we're so obviously we're we're now I think a hundred days till Christmas, which is quite st- scary when you think about it that way. Oh. And the only reason I know that wow. is because a colleague colleague sent a meme. Uh, and I don't like the, the being told things like that. No, I know. I right? really it's don't mental, like being told things like that. Yeah, exactly. Who thinks it's a good idea? Who thinks there must be someone who went? I'm going to do this because oh, people because people go mad for Christmas, mate. They go absolutely bananas. It's quite a mali- but there's quite a malicious intent to that, isn't there? A hundred days people. till anything. Yeah, closer to death. <laughs> death is coming. Yeah, and that's weird, it's isn't only it? Three hundred and sixty-four days to my birthday. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> that's someone who's just had their fortieth. <laughs> but uh, we. But we. <laughs> says that <laughs> but um but, but no the 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 back catalog is slowly squeezing in because what that means is that we don't i mean what that ultimately means is i can't do the maths quick enough to identify how many episodes that is until christmas yeah but it's not a lot it's not a lot it's not a lot so we will need to try and find a new method to get all these films in although i don't know why it's not like this thing's ever going to stop no uh, we're probably going to keep doing we're this in the end, of the t- end of time exactly I, Let's personally keep i'm very much excited for cinemas reopening and since yes. we're in one movie format we can actually do like hot hot new releases mm, and hotter than hot hotter than hot because obviously we did um 10 tenet to net 10 net uh, a couple of weeks ago which was very very fun and actually thumbs up or th- thumbs up or thumbs down ladies and gentlemen would you like us to do new new mutants oh mm. okay interesting interesting, interesting. interesting. Okay. interesting. but okay. i was gonna make the point that actually one of the 
probably realistically one of the first movies we might be going to see from now onwards mm. is probably going to be the sequel to this film that we're talking about today which is dc's wonder woman and obviously the yes. sequel being uh were eight four well we're we're bloody spoiled for choice aren't we mate because we've got female protagonists coming out of our ends absolutely not only that we have uh the 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 very much anticipated black widow which is coming around the corner yeah, i've absolutely. seen posters about that all over um obviously tanette is slowly struggling through i just i really i think i just saw an article it's it's now um, over a hundred million, which is made, which is fantastic. But it's, it's just, I mean, it's, the numbers are interesting. So, I don't understand why people still care about the numbers. Like genuinely, mm. what, what? Because mm. if you're if you're reading the numbers, then you're obviously like measuring against something. And, well, and, we're, and yeah. we're living and we're living in odd times where, as we all know, it's completely irrelevant because half the half the cinemas are more than much more than half the cinemas in the United States aren't even open and showing mm. and showing. It. Mm. So I'm just I'm just wondering what you know who are these numbers for? So what? so so okay. Well, let, let me give you a bit a bit of background. So the numbers one's an interesting one because I and I, I I'm inclined to agree with you and I I definitely agree with the second piece that you say that that we are living in strange times and that cinema numbers are really not a, a I guess a, a, a an indication for anything. But cast your mind back to a happier time, Alex. Mm. A time where where movies could be seen left, right, and centre. You couldn't move for the movies that were moving all around your eye line. Absolutely. Um, and you you basically the, the numbers were, I guess, a pretty clear indication for uh, a lot of. Um, high up corporate types in the Hollywood machine uh, to understand if there was an appetite for a sequel. So if you had a movie that was roughly cost about 200 million to make, if you weren't making returns of about 450 million, there's a very, very good chance that there wasn't a release, a sequel that, that wasn't really in the works. Oh, no, I, underst and I understand how the numbers worked before the COVID mm. pandemic. Like I totally, mm. under I totally understand that. I'm very aware. And we've talked about it on the podcast before how, Hollywood mm. is first and foremost a business. But isn't that mad? But, but before the we Disney Corporation shitloads of money. Well, that's it. But before we go on to that, I think isn't that mad though? Just because we, I don't think you and I have ever really vocalised that. Isn't that there is an almost acute formula to what is classed as sequel worthy style numbers? I, t I think that's mad. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Your point though is the, the 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 quarantine numbers. Yeah, I just don't understand why 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 everyone, I'm seeing I'm seeing these articles. Going, oh, Tenet is struggling, and there and I've read these articles or you know skimmed these articles where you know they they've made it out like it's almost like a movie thing, and I'm mm. like, well, no, of course it's yeah. not a movie thing. Yeah. Why are you reporting on? The fact that a Christopher Nolan movie isn't doing well, as if that's the reason it's not doing well, and not because like ninety percent of cinemas globally are shut. So, like, so, it's, so it's I, I would say, yeah, no, I think I think that you make a really great point, mate, and I think that ultimately, you know, look at the constants in that. Look at the constants in that article. The constants are Christopher Nolan, and Christopher Nolan brings in money. I don't think they're using it to kind of. Uh, to to I guess to poo poo for lack of a better word on tenet. I think they're doing it because they want to use this as a gauge to see really how much the cinema industry is actually being hit. I mean, if you like, like you're that's as close. You know, someone like Tarantino or 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 a, or a much anticipated um, Marvel movie or a Spielberg hit. You know, these are films that in in our day and age they're gonna make a fair bit of cash. Yeah. 
And you you can almost certainly, you know, Nolan and his back catalogue, you can almost certainly hang your hat on him before the COVID times to go, that is a benchmark of what an independent movie not done by committee should be doing. That's what it's capable of. Because he's paving the way for that kind of, you know, director's vision style movie format. So by publishing the numbers... I don't think that they're doing it to put sand in the eye of Nolan. I think they're doing it because nobody knows how much money this film should be making. And by and large, the best indication you will get from how badly Hollywood has been hit by the pandemic is actually looking at the numbers for Tenet. Yeah, no, actually, no. to be fair, that is a really good point. All right, yeah, probably nailed it there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's staggering really, isn't it, to think that, this is the you know this is where we are. Yeah. I'd um, also be very interested just uh, to briefly go back to a topic that we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. I'd be very interested to see how much money Disney made from Mulan. Yes, because yes. obviously that's the other model. That's the other model that they were floating. They decided not to release that in cinemas. And they uh-huh, decided uh-huh. to just send it straight to the Disney Plus subscribers at a premium price. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't believe they have published those numbers, or at least I've no, not seen anything. Anything. No, about they've. It. So they've not. They've not. And th- there's been a couple of reasons why they've done that. I mean, firstly, like I told you, so it wasn't going to be a great movie. I knew it wasn't. I knew it was a test bed. Wait, you watched it. <laughs> No, I didn't. But I've heard some stuff that's not. Oh, then you can't comment. Then. <laughs> but uh, if you've not but, watched I, it, you can't comment. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of bad publicity as well for that movies and and you know obviously leading up to the Hong Kong riots and uh, the the lead actress's pro stance to the police. I think that turned off a lot of audience members and you know like the 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 it, it was it was such a benign response to this the $30 didn't help but ultimately that was crafted in such a way to try and generate some revenue and to prove its sustainability if you set it's the same in the same way that we talk about the tenet piece if you had set the price for that for 4.99 yeah you know you 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 would have probably made less money but you would have had more people subscribe to it yeah and more people buy it which is again it's just not a it's not a careful valuable valuable metric of the art that you've pushed out there yeah. and i also think that based off the the fact that we're not really they're not releasing the numbers for milan it's probably quite likely that black widow is safely going to be released in cinemas i don't know for sure mm-hmm. yeah. but that's that's the one that's on my mind is yeah, black widow absolutely. do you think that cuz it was warner brothers that released tenet wasn't it Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that if Warner had like a top-notch streaming service on the Disney Plus kind of scale, that mm. they would have released it on there and not in cinemas? Because they currently because so. they don't have the infrastructure at the moment. No, they don't. I don't think so. So it's like that. It's like MGM as well. Do you know they didn't have the infrastructure to even consider anything around the whole no time to die um piece and i think warner brothers and mgm are two good examples of corporations that are not in the elites of disney and and or or your your amazons so they in theory well i mean amazon don't really go after those big productions but at the same point is is to be said it's the infrastructure piece that's the really interesting one um you know that they they are committed to the 
God, we're getting really deep into this, aren't yeah. we? They're they're committed into the the I guess the the uh, the management cycle that it's movies that to be made as opposed to streaming platforms that should be subscribed to. And I guess we're going to touch back onto this a little bit later and moving forward Probably. because we have an interesting. We should do the bloody content though, shouldn't we? We should do the bloody content. We do. But in answer to your question, uh, I. I don't think that would happen. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's an infrastructure piece for Warner Brothers. Um, and, well, I mean, we've seen, like, they've pushed back Wonder Woman 1984 by by a long way because of Tenet, because it's going to have a really long cinema time. Yeah. Um, I might go to see that again in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> yeah quite like, yeah, I quite liked it. Yeah, I might I would see well. it again. Yeah, um, nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. Anyway, we are not... Uh, uh, a management movie podcast we are a music and movies podcast what? and each week each week we will take it uh we won't take it in turns we will look at our more favorite music movies and we will get right into the depths and the the heart and the soul and the passion and the i guess the 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 overall feeling of what music does to the movies that we watch and that we love and Oofed. we are continuing cracking mission statement we are continuing with our uh long awaited with a thumbs up agrees or disagrees hang on one more thumbs up Ooh, different number that time different number that i caught some of them unaware yeah. unaware what one of them uh, was, one of them was one and one of them was two one of them was <laughs> two, two thumbs from the same hand yeah but we uh are this week going to be continuing with our DCEU extravaganza with 2017's Wonder Woman. Absolutely. We skipped one. We did skip we one, skipped didn't we? Because we had already done it. Yeah, we already did it. We already did it. Mm-hmm. It was like episode four or five or something yeah, like that. Snuck it go, in back, go, go back and listen to it. We have yeah. a back catalogue. We do. We have a we back catalogue. Isn't catalog. that fun? It's, it's nice. I like saying that. And I, I think... This is the best one. Definitely the best one I've seen. The best of one. these. I think it's the best DCEU. Oh, I mean I they see. they did a, they did a good one. They did a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it is, you know, categorically a good movie. Like mm. you you just you you watch this movie and you say, yeah, that was a good movie. You that was a good. Movie. You can't really argue that that was a good movie. Yeah, but uh, it was it was an interesting because it was interesting because. I think that I like this movie for the small variations on the uh, on the origin story style um, well, theme that formula we, the <laughs> formula that we that we get almost every single time with these, and we're mm-hmm. we're kind of breaking away from it. There was a lot of differences, but there was a huge amount of similarities. And I stood up at the end of it and I turned to you and I went, "I like that, but I can't think why I didn't love it." Yeah. And then you just kind of went, well, it's really obvious why you didn't love it. It's because of the formula piece. And I went, oh, yeah. yeah. And I think I was trying to find something really deep and something really, um, I guess, some sort of real deep reason why I didn't like it. But no. I think it purely is down to the formula. It hit a lot of origin, you know, story beats, most most notably of which, you know, the, the there's a big fish out of water sequence where, mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, they're going shopping in London and she's an mm-hmm. Amazon and she won't give up her sword. And, you know, mm. all that. It's like, oh, don't take your coat off because you're basically naked under there. I love like, that. What? I thought that was really funny. It the is, whole but, when she's leaving with but the sword. It is, it is funny, but you also can't deny that it's like, oh, right, okay. I mean, we've seen that a million times before. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, I, I don't, let's, I think, again then, let's stick to the theme of the formula because 
uh, it, it's let, let's talk about things that it did well to break away from the formula. I thought some of the the antagonists were really really great, some really really interesting creations. Uh, some of them maybe not quite as good. Um, we'll probably get to that closer to the end. I yeah. think we'll probably slowly bleed into the spoilers if you haven't seen it because I usually um, I don't want things to be spoiled straight away. But I think there is it's, it's a movie that's four years old, three years old yeah, now. So. Like that, yeah. um, but uh, the, the the other things that it broke away from, I thought that the origin of her was really great. Yeah. And I thought that the way that they, I guess they leaked some of the information or bled some of the information through was quite good. Uh, and all, other than that, I think everything starts to bleed into other things. Like you, you, it's this. This is a movie that has just been so heavily influenced by movies beforehand for yeah. so many different reasons. And in fact, I thought it was a fun exercise to try and count all of the tropes um, that this movie has fed off. And you obviously hit the nail on the head when we were sat watching this when they were assembling the team. Oh. The kind of the, they're not really what? the Howling Commandos, <laughs> but they're. Yeah, they're, they're they're basically the Howling Commandos, but you know the the reference that I gave you mm-hmm. was not a Captain America one; it was a Rick and Morty one. Yes, and yeah. I don't mind telling you that it's my favorite Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, like you it, like that one? I absolutely love it. I love that the whole episode is just taking the piss out of this uh, he- of the the heist movie genre. I, yeah. I don't know exactly which season. It's the it's the in the latest season. It's the most I, recent I don't, one. Yeah. It's the most recent at the time of recording series, and uh, it's it's the episode where he tries to assemble a team for a heist, mm. and the whole movie is and basically you've got scene after scene of these really interesting characters like doing whatever they're doing in their life and then rick coming up and then them going rick sanchez you son of a bitch i'm in yeah exactly <laughs> yes yeah. just line after line of that <laughs> and he's and he's just like i hate this i hate this i hate this genre it's not a well, real it's, genre it's just it's just people recruiting people for a for a for a job endlessly and the job only lasts 30 seconds at the end the of the job movie. yeah exactly and, and I don't mind telling you, I absolutely love laughing at it, but it has yeah. kind of ruined every single movie yeah. that, that that makes fun of as a result, yeah. including my all-time favorite, Ocean's Eleven. Well, I mean, Ocean's Eleven was the one that I was thinking of the most. I mean, that is the that's the quintessential. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Assembling the team. Assembling. George the, Clooney, um, you son George of a Co- bitch. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> But um, they they don't. I think something that they they do do quite well is this: is they don't hammer home. Obviously, when Chris Pine does visit, um, I I I, I don't know if it's Themyscira. I couldn't pronounce it. So when he visits Themyscira, and there's there's obviously there's right for the plucking all these like oh the first man joining us and all these sort of jokes and they don't they don't hit you over the head with things like that no um they don't hit you over the head with I guess any of the oh there were a few penis jokes. There was obviously, there but like there, there wasn't, there it wasn't mental amounts, no. and there was like there were some scenes that were quite funny, I think, in this, uh, and then obviously vice versa when she's in the real world, there was a couple of times where that she was it was funny you know we talked about her with walking out the the room when she's got the revolving door and the sword you know that's like that's a funny that's yeah. a funny sequence but what they did really well was they they kind of went patty jenkins obviously very very carefully made the decision not to to make her empowered to make her very strong 
um, female protagonist, but she's she's not she doesn't have ditzy or clumsy personalities, no. and they they didn't they didn't like reinforce anything of that type through the small few sequences where it's like yeah shit she would not know what a revolving like that is a bit like whoa yeah. I mean we, you know we've all even felt that with normal revolving doors so yeah, like coming absolutely. across so so it's like I I think they did a really good job to maybe put in one or two of those sequences and just and and that's it silence yeah. so the, the, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the I guess like the the negative esque tropes of the implications of having someone in a weird world or a weird land they didn't they weren't included which i thought was bloody good yeah absolutely and do you know who else i thought did an absolutely fantastic job in this movie was gal gadot yeah or however I, I, you say her name gal gadot gal, gal, Gad- gal gadot i think it's i've heard i think i've heard gal gadot gal gadot i've heard as well I've, I've gal heard. gadot but my point my point being i think she sold it like mm. really really well because you think about the character of wonder woman and actually i think even this movie was guilty of it the character doesn't really have a huge number of flaws does it like she doesn't and usually with characters like that i mean most recently i think you know the term peggy sue has been thrown around a lot in the last few years particularly Mm. in reference to uh, daisy ridley's ray yeah, in and the sequel trilogy, how she's just overpowered and she can't do any wrong, and like she's just a, yeah. a perfect character, and that's really boring. And I think in many ways, if you if you looked at Wonder Woman in these movies objectively, you would probably have to come to the same conclusion. But for some reason, I don't I don't care, mm. and I think it's because Gal Gadot like really sells it. Well, I think I I, th- I think you make a great point. She very much does sell it, but li- li- I think she sells it, but she sells what? And I think I know what it is she's she's trying to convey, and I know the direction. So the, the 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 I was thinking about it, and back to that point of how many other movies have influenced this movie. I think that one of the biggest movies that has influenced, especially the the creation of her as a character, is uh, actually Superman, the yeah. original Superman, Christopher Reeve, because she is very much based on the version of. Christopher Reeve, you know, that kind of earnest, like, I want to save the world because I want to save the world. And Oh, yeah, she's an optimist. Incredibly optimistic. And it's a different... Almost illusionally. Almost illusionally, but it's a different beat to what we see of her in Batman vs. Superman. You know, she's a different... She, she, the, the, you know, time has not been kind to her and her opinions of the optimistic world, which is fair enough. Yeah, she is She is more cynical in Batman vs. Mm. Superman, isn't she? Uh-huh. And, and then that bleeds over into, into Justice League. And, but I like this. And obviously, so Patty Jenkins has gone on record to say, you know, look, actually, I wanted to... I wanted to kind of not be too serious with this one. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's such a tend to move it towards a kind of... Yeah pretty remote but actually i wanted to kind of give an opportunity to have um a female protagonist in a role that you know look it's one of these ones where she's obviously trained a huge amount she's from a supermodel background and so there are some there was some outcry for a number of different reasons about her as there always is in terms of identifying yourself in the role as the hero and there's been a there's been a huge movement of that in male protagonist characters over the years and there's it's slowly bleeding to female characters but what i wanted to do is i wanted to kind of throw an opinion of that whole piece to the fact that we're watching this three years on yeah back in back in 2017 i remember there being a huge amount of talk and discussion about this because this was the first female protagonist in a movie since electra in 2005 and that wasn't done with nearly the amount of thought and and uh, critical thinking that i think is required for creating such a a monumental character in a worldwide 
um, st- uh, stage. But I, I, I must, admit, I must admit, I think they, I think they did a fantastic job to draw attention away from the piece that just because you can't identify yourself as her physically and how yeah. she looks yeah. and how she, you know, how she holds herself and how she talks, there is a, there is a strong amount of identification that not only females but males can make with her as a character and. I think that that was a fantastic job that was done. Yeah, well, like, I, I think, think that was a fantastic I job. I think the way they went with her was trying to trying to sell the idea that that you can kick ass of this woman that was kicking ass and she and she really does kick ass. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's super powerful and she can like throw down with absolutely anyone, but she's still inherently feminine. Mm. both in her in her kind of personality and also her physique as well because i think a lot of incarnations of wonder women in the past past she's kind of been drawn as like a you know uh like a pro wrestler yeah like absolutely ripped yeah like absolutely ripped which you're like okay that that's making different comments on like what people consider to be like attractive mm, mm. but it's not really that relatable body image because you know how many people look like that and yeah, i'm not well, that, and i'm not and the saying comic that, books that are ma- bad for that and as i'm not well. saying more people look like gal gadot because that would be because that's ridiculous as well but for yeah but for other reasons and they and they even do they do this a few times with chris pine they you know they do this are you is this what a standard human looks like and he a couple of times he goes i'm above average i'm above average and and it and, and it's it's i didn't find that like ugh. but i guess like i'm not the sort of person that would do that i don't know it's no. a different one and i think with with chris pine and the whole piece for example the full frontal nude scene sorry oh, to, yes. to throw there like patty jenkins very deliberately put that in there she put that in there because there have been so many movies where it's been a woman who's been in that scene yeah. the awkward scene of her coming out the bath or the hot tub and the man's there like that's that's just as uh, hollywood is so comfortable throwing that in yeah. there yeah and then and, you just you just have it's always harrison ford that's just it. leaning leaning against the wall or going, sean connery going mm. <laughs> yeah yeah so so it, it it's no i think i think the and i think the point i was making as well before is that three years three years on you know we do we have a sequel to this much anticipated sequel to this movie we have black widow you know we, we we've had a we've had a sleuth of uh we've obviously were captain marvel we, we like f- female superheroes i think we're there like i think it's done like i think that gap is now bridged i think it's as as culturally accepted like i I think it just is now well i mean it's interesting i don't don't know that is fantastic because it because and the reason it's fantastic the one reason it's fantastic is it now means we get double the amount of superhero movies it does it does that's the beautiful thing about it more 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 than double if we're going by (laughs) uh, global percentages exactly (laughs) it's amazing yeah exactly yeah (laughs) It's, it's fantastic I just wanted to go back to before we go on to the music of this because mm-hmm. you know apparently yeah, we do need to apparent apparently we do that on this podcast. I wanted to ask about where this movie sits for you in the franchise, so the DCEU, because you mentioned before, and I agree with you that this is a lot lighter mm-hmm. and a lot funnier. It's not the dark, gritty. Mm-hmm grittiness of batman versus superman for sure. example which we can sure. all agree is the darkest and grittiest outing 
so far yeah you know we've yep. not seen we've not seen Zack snyder's justice league yet and personally i think that'll be right down in the right down in the depths mm. but do you think this movie still fits in that universe because obviously where you know the justice league mm-hmm. fell down was that it completely changed like the tone and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the colors and basically everything everything about the world where you just yeah. couldn't believe that they existed in sure. the same narrative and yeah. i think that even though wonder woman did change a lot of the tone and the saturation and all that i think it still belongs oh, of course it does of course i it think does. it still belongs with man of steel and yeah. batman versus superman and the continuity that that started Mm -hmm. and i think it's because the movie is bookended with modern day diana Mm -hmm. that we met in batman versus superman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i think because in in essence the 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 core of the movie the the bulk of the movie is her Mm -hmm. flashbacking yeah and i think when you look at it through that lens then you can believe all the much more vibrant colors and the slightly uh, fairy taleish fantastical element yep. to it yep. because because it's like somebody telling a story mm-hmm. and so you not forgive but you 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 buy it more as like a story within the universe as opposed to an actual outing in the universe Mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. see what I mean. Well, it's but it, I, I mean, look, look at the MCU. You know, look at the MCU. We've got the tone of the Winter Soldier compared to the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy, to the tone of Homecoming, to the to the to the tone of Infinity War. You know, Black Panther. The 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 the, the tone jumps around slightly. There's still an under an under an underlying thematic theme of the MCU. Yeah, which I mean, is, which there, is there what are still we, what we're rules. Arguing. There, there, there are still, still rules. rules. And I think that yes, this pushes the boundary a little bit more, but. Uh, fine like audiences have seen much more audiences have seen much more jangly connected cinematic universes yeah. um th- than this one and I, and I think yeah i think i think i think you're right i think it's absolutely fine well i think at this point in time it has but then obviously mm. we're about to because we also had aquaman as well yeah <laughs> aquaman's hilarious i cannot wait to sit you down to watch aquaman <laughs> oh, god <laughs> You're going to love it, honestly. You're going to love it. But I was more referring to Justice League because, as we all know, it's a pile of shit that shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Music? Just before we get onto music... just I I know, I know, I know. I know. We're kind of doing a review of this. But just before we get onto music, I just wanted to talk... Again, we'll creep into spoilers. um, Spoilers. Two things I want to say. Absolutely loved the World War One sequences. I thought they were fantastic. That trench warfare piece, because they're obviously using and they quite literally get behind her. Uh, I love that. I thought it was re- really, really great. Sorry, the guy over the road is just firing up his motorbike. I don't know if you can hear that. He always L- does. A little his- bit. Can you hear it? He's got the loudest motorbike in every the world. Every week. Every honestly, almost every. I, I don't even know what what it is with him. Might ask him one day. What is it with you? What is it with you? Or scream out the window. Stop! (laughs) Trying Uh, to podcast. He, um, God. But um, the 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 World War One theme. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And the villains. We have three villains in this movie. We do. We have two and a half villains, I guess. One of them. Well, we have got. We have. have, Yeah, we have two villains and a red herring. Uh huh. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Flopping about the place. Yeah. Fish out of water. Uh. 
so we've got Danny Houston, who is the the I guess the fake Aries. He is and always will be the baddie. Always. Uh, he is and always will be the baddie. He's the baddie in, I think it's 30 Days of Night or the vampire one. He's the baddie striker, of course. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't he play he... the devil in something? Yes. What What is that movie? Why? No idea. That just that just <laughs> popped into my head. But can you see him? Can you see him as the devil? Yeah, I'm sure he does. He is he's definitely it... the devil in something. Well, it's the it's the whole thing of time. Why don't you look up what he's the devil oh, in? Yes. Yeah, and I'm going to talk his about his name again. Danny Houston, is it not? Danny Houston. Right. I think it is Danny Houston. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting it wrong. He is. Oh, Huston. Huston, sorry. Huston. It might it might be it might be. Do you know who I loved as well, though, was um, Alana Anya. So that was obviously Dr. Maru or Dr. Poison, uh, changed from a male character in the comics to a female character. The The design of Dr. Poison was great. I really, really liked her. I liked that. I liked it's because she looked like a Bond villain. That's she, why. Well, we did this, didn't we? Obviously, yeah. when we were chatting. And we, we said this whilst we were watching. And I sort of said, you know, look, there's actually been a huge backlash, I think, over the years with um, people with facial deformities really kicking back against the whole piece on why are we always cast as the villains? Uh, it, it, it's, it now, now that I heard that argument, it's now making me ask that question. But all, all the while, regardless of whether she did or did not, I thought she was great, and the whole, her eyes were just everywhere, weren't they? What is the oh, eyes yeah. all about? Like it's just because she's mental. Yeah, she's I thought, mental. And I thought it was great. And I also loved that whole piece where they threw the they threw the the gas in, and then they threw the gas mask in after. And and Danny Huston's like, "What did you What did you do that? It's not gonna. It's no, no. He she, she throws it in. She goes, "Why did you do that? I thought it wasn't gonna work. The mustard gas isn't gonna work against the." The gas mask, and they go, Well, they don't know that. And they both go, <laughs> and they throw their heads back and yeah. laugh. And I'm like, That is actually, that was a really funny like, bit. I really, really liked good. that. I really, really liked good. that. Yeah. But, uh, but I, and I, uh, there was another time that they did that as well. And it, it is those ones. It's that when Danny Huston, like, when you're like, He's first on screen, he's the badass. How do you know he's a badass? Because within the first minute of him on screen, he just shoots a man in the head in front of everyone else. And they go, Cool, that's just, that's just the job I'm in. That's what I. <laughs> also also <laughs> that happened and this is like the second time i've watched this movie and he did it and i was like i'm not even sure i, I don't really know why that happened no one why, did, why did he shoot him why why did he shoot him what did he do it's not like it's not like he made like a faux pas like you know you know sometimes when a henchman makes a little faux pas in, yeah, a, in, yeah. a, in a bond movie and you're like yeah. oh he's getting fed to the sharks yeah yeah, yeah because yeah, you're like exactly. you're you're aware it's a disproportional response but 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 it's not out with the realms of possibility but this time he just turns around and just shoots this I guy in the face well so, so like, now that I'm thinking, where did that come well, from well now i'm thinking back to it i like to think that you know when you're walking towards someone in the pavement and you kind of go like oh the left and the right and you're like oh, oh i like to think that that's what happened and it was just and he just went not today not today yeah. keith i'm done with you mate <laughs> And then everyone inside the factory is just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. This is this is that classic boss. I don't even know his name. Oh my god. Um now if they were good, and then obviously David Fluis being the CGI monster that he is. Uh yeah. I'm disappointed at that. Yeah. Genuinely, like when I was in the cinema, I was I was I was up at the nines on this movie mm, right mm. up until that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then I just saw it for what it was. Because yeah. actually I was buying it right up until he clad himself in stupid armor. 
Yes, it was right, the armor piece. Right yeah. up until he clad himself in stupid armor. And I was like, and maybe I've just seen too many of these movies, or maybe I'm just overthinking the you know the production process that goes into these movies. But I saw that happen and I just went, the only reason that has happened is so they can just get away with much worse CGI. They cover up yeah. half his face so they don't have to animate his face anymore. They just have to animate this gray blob into yeah. doing things. And I was looking at this, I was going, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? Oh yeah, Batman versus Superman. Superman. Yeah, exactly. He, he just, I he, think what they they, they uh, could have they could have been really clever about it as well. I was thinking this as I, as I was walking home. They could have been really clever. They could Well they did well. a lot with just him as the actor that he was yeah. doing lightning stuff. He was doing yeah. But know. they could do you, but do you know what they could have done in terms of costume design. So I think they, there was a throwaway mention at one point to be and I think it was someone that I read online or someone that I said the the Aries um, the Aries will come back in 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 the, the armor of the day in which he comes back in and i thought wouldn't it be great if he was in full like like a kind of i, I guess like a full metal jacket style approach of world war one bomb squad or something so armored oh, up right. in world war one style armor and oh, i thought right. that would have been a really interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. take on it because it's the armor of the day um i mean and, and i think the underlying piece again moving away from aries and moving away from this is that this has taken a lot of cues from the first avenger and I think there's there's yeah, no getting around that. Even no, with the 100%. even with the aircraft suicide at the end, uh, which I think we'll get to when we get to moving yeah, forward and absolutely. the implications of that. Anyway, sorry, I can't I find you. where that where this guy's played the devil. I and I'm convinced <laughs> and I'm convinced that it happened. Right, I tell you what, I'll take the heavy lifting on the devil looking up of if you uh, want to talk us through the music of Wonder absolutely. Woman. Absolutely. So as. Uh, listeners who listened to Batman versus Superman will be aware. I absolutely love the the main Wonder Woman theme mm-hmm. that was introduced in Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. then titled "Is She with You?" Yes, yes, and I absolutely love it. And it is used a lot in this movie. Yeah, but. Not that excessively, can no. I say? I'm not. No, it's it, it. It didn't hit you over the. Head. In fact, I think it hit you over the head more in Batman versus Superman because it just started up about three or four different times. It did, yeah, and and like uh, consecutively, like it mm-hmm. happened a lot in a short space of time. Whereas actually, I think the they they hint at it throughout the whole movie. You can hear little motifs from some of the intervals and all that, just mm. going through the score and little key key moments but the elect the electric guitar which is you know what we've all paid the price of admission to hear mm. doesn't actually come full force until she jumps into that building after the no man's land yes bit. yes 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 and she jumps into that building and does that superhero kind of you you know that moment when when the hero is outnumbered mm-hmm. um entered a room but yeah all the all the all the minions are just staring, looking at her, and she's like yes. eyeing each one of them. And you kind of get the feeling is like, right, I'm gonna give each of you a bit of eye contact before I completely pound you into the exactly. ground. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And that's when the guitar comes in, and that it, it, they did such a good job with the action sequences in this, and I just get really pumped up with that music at the best of times. Mm. Like it's mm. brilliant, but that whole fight sequence especially in in that room and the whole sequence following that was just like it was intersected with like really fluid choreographed fighting and then 
and then at random times it would just slow down into slow motion into the, into these really really cool like screenshot moments like i just yes. i just kept thinking that at any time i could screenshot that and it would be like a perfect screensaver like it was sure. really really stunning yeah well um, i mean what so sorry just just as a as a as a, as a step back to it and, and i guess a question to you i don't know if you know was it was it rupert williams or was it gregson williams rupert who was the composer of this and composer of aquaman was it was it he who created that motif of wonder woman or no was it, it was junkie xl and hands it was junkie xl and hands okay so yeah. so he's got that to work with does he yeah so he got given that and obviously he was magic because I remember at the time when Batman versus Superman came out, even the harshest critics of that movie went, God damn, that Wonder Woman theme is badass. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I remember there's, that. There's no ifs or buts about it. Yeah, like, yeah, that is yeah. just a huge tick. And there's no doubt that Warner Brothers heard that and said to Rupert Gregson Williams, gotta use it. Yeah. I'm sure he was happy to because yeah, 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 it's of course, badass. Of course, of course. Yeah, but yeah. he also put his stamp on on the movie as a whole, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. You know, we 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 touched on the fact that he didn't overuse the Wonder Woman electric guitar stuff. Yep. But you know, he also went down the sort of mythical mythical hero sort of sound. Yeah, yeah. As opposed yeah. as opposed to the oh, carnal kind of yeah, I, I guess warrior, like, you know. Yeah, I guess like I, a warrior is probably the good one to do. I think. Um, yeah, I think I think I think kind of like almost like gritty, almost Mad Max esque kind of sound, yeah. which is obviously the Junkie XLs. Um, I guess coined so so eloquently in that one. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, and I yeah. think that it was it was it was subtle when it was subtle. Yeah, it was moving. It was moving. I actually really liked the music. I thought some of the yeah. pieces were were absolutely lovely in this. I really liked it as well. I mean, you, you got the biggest sense of it when you when you had all these sweeping shots of Themyscira and all mm. the Amazons training and stuff like that. And you know, going back to what you were saying about how this movie very clearly is influenced by other people, uh, other people, other movies. Mm. The main sort of musical equivalent i was thinking of was actually thor one i think i think that's a really good observation i think yeah. i was thinking thor one yeah which yeah, was written by yeah. patrick doyle and i think you know I, you know you're seeing these sweeping shots of themiscara and you're just saying oh that could be asgard yes and you actually said oh wait is that actually on earth i thought this was on a different planet yeah yeah and i think it's because yeah that's the reason why yes yeah and you know i wouldn't go so far as to say plagiarism like, I, I absolutely wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't. But it's a vibe thing. But it makes a lot of sense with the character. If you think about how the two characters, Thor and Wonder Woman, operate functionally within their respective universes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Like Marvel explains that explains Thor away as they're actually from space, hmm. and that whereas DC actually heavily go into the idea that. Mm-hmm. No, no, gods are real. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, gods yeah. are real. But you know, Thor, Thor, son of Odin. You know, Wonder Wonder Woman, daughter of Zeus. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're they're kind of the same. Like they're mm-hmm. they're they're inked in ancient mythology. And actually, aren't uh, isn't Greek mythology and Nordic mythology supposed to be just variations of the same thing? Anyway. Yeah, almost identical. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can you can understand why there's that similarity there. And it really is apparent in the score. And Mm -hmm. one of my favorite moments is Mm -hmm. actually going back to 
the the trench stuff, the World War One stuff. Yeah, the moment where she goes over the top, looking badass in slow motion. She un- under <laughs> the ridiculous moment where she's getting ready to go over the top, and she unpins her flawless hair. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, and you're yeah. like, kudos to the hair people behind the scenes. Well done, mm-hmm. well done. And yeah, so she goes out, and the track's called No Man's Land, and it's great. It's an eight minute. It's an eight minute track, mm-hmm. and I, I. I remembered this scene wrongly because I thought and assumed, and actually I assumed that this would happen when I saw it first time in the cinema, that when she went over the top, that is when the Wonder Woman guitar stuff would kick in. Like full throttle. I just assumed it would happen. I'm like, they're gearing up to this. We've not had it in full swing yet. And we're already halfway through the movie. Yeah. This is the moment and it's going to be great. And it didn't happen. No, it it didn't. didn't. You're right. Instead, they went slow motion and then they went slow motion and delved really into the full brassy orchestration, which actually I really liked because you had Mm. all, because um, we had her friends, the squad, Mm -hmm. like looking at her in awe and being like, I'll follow her. And then we had the, the, the shots of the, the really downtrodden beaten up you know trench soldiers who mm-hmm. were seeing her do this as well and you think wow bloody hell they like you know if that actually happened and happened in real life like that that is how you would view her and not in the kind of you know they reserved that when she was absolutely pounding those guys in in uh, that building about you know a couple of minutes later but for that kind of heroic moment you know the guitars would have been a bit on the nose yeah it it would have it, it would have been too heavily like commenting on like the action part of it as opposed to like the emotional like heroic side of it yep and so for that i really appreciate it can I talk about a little inclusion on in the the music of the movie that um, that happened that wasn't in the soundtrack, wasn't in the score, but I personally adored. And obviously, we talked a little bit about it because we are both Scottish, and uh, Ewan Bremner plays a part in this as Scottish character. And I don't know the name of the Scottish character, but he plays Charlie. Scot- Charlie. But there's always a Scottish or an Irish character in it for the kind of comedy relief. But then there's always a kind of quite a touching moment with that character. Yeah, and I think that's. A trope that's in a lot of movies again like back to the what else is it taken from i think one that that springs to mind instantly is in uh Ho- the the hobbit uh where where we have jimmy nisbet uh playing biffer i think it was who has a really touching moment with bilbo but ultimately throughout the most of the film he's kind of the comedy relief almost to an extent yeah, yeah. um so we have charlie in this now there's a really beautiful moment where he plays the piano and he sings a song. And I'm not going to talk about that one. I'm going to talk about another song that he starts to sing that I sang along with when him, yeah. where he sang Green Grow the Rashes. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the most characteristics of all of Burns' song, although one of his earliest. Uh, August 9, uh, 1784, he set down his commonplace book with some remarks on the various species of young men whom he divided into two classes, the grave and the merry. So Burns wrote about green grow the rashes, and now what he is saying in that is in the song, and that all should grab our pleasures where we can and where we can, and there is nothing wrong with this attitude. (laughs) He definitely lived like that. (laughs) I just, I love, I love it when, and I think this is something that I, I love it when 
Scott. Like, I'm a huge fan of Robert Burns. I'm a huge fan of... I've never met a Scott who's not, to be I'm fair. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Scottish music being played in films because some of it is so deep and it's been so taken forward from, from a lot of other pieces. Um, one of my all-time, all-time favourite songs is uh, Wild Mountain Tyne, which mm-hmm. obviously sometimes goes under the name of um, uh, 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 Go Lassie Go, and the, you know, and, and there's some there's some beautiful. I think the Corries have done a, a beautiful. The Corries do a beautiful cover of this. I would encourage anyone who wants to listen to this song, Green Grow Their Ashes, or to listen to the Corries. But I, I love that, and when they included that in there, I was like, oh. That made me, and it was little touches like that that I went. You know, I think the inclusion of Doctor Poison, the the inclusion of Charlie, the the I think the the inclusion of the I think the way that they kind of folded in some of the World War One pieces to this. Uh, the obviously the inclusion of things at London, like when it slightly deviated from the standard formula, yeah, things that we haven't seen in the formula before. That's when I liked the movie the most, yeah, um, and that's one that that's one that stayed with me. Yeah, and when it and when it descends into a CGI monster uh, fist fest, not so interesting. Yeah. Not so interesting. Not so interesting. Excellent. So uh, yeah, I mean, up. well, I think it's, I think it's one actually. It's a one thumb up for me. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's one. one. I think I think it's, it's one. But oh, it's a tricky one because it's not too. No, it's not two. I th- and I think that the reason why it's one is it's, it's that it's not two. Yeah. No, that, that's, I mean, the that's, that's, that's the only, the only reason. That's the only reason. That's the only reason, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, very nice. good. Compre- comprehensive rating system exactly. working flawlessly, <laughs> exactly. as always. forward yeah let's let's do it now what do we want to do because we could go back to i think let's just stay on the theme of wonder woman the wonder woman theme the wonder woman theme because lovely uh obviously at dc fandom a couple of weeks ago we received the first full-length trailer of wonder woman 1984 or otherwise known as world war 84 world war 84 exactly from the posters now Do you know what the release date of this is supposed to be? Oh, it's supposed to be first week of June. Yep. Do you know what it is now? Uh, end of September, I think. 30th? Christmas Day. You're kidding me. Christmas Day. That's when they've pushed this one back to now, yeah. Really? And it's oh. yeah, and it's and it's and I think it's to, as you said happen? before. I don't know, but it's it's because they've obviously they've done this in the in the in an essence to try and ensure that uh, Tenet makes as much money as it can, and I think that's fine. I mean, I, I I don't know what to say to this. It's 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 difficult, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um. So we have Cheetah being introduced. I think we do. Uh, interesting look. Interesting look. I think they're gonna. It's gonna I, be. I, it's gonna end in another CGI fight. It is gonna end in another CGI fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought Kristen Wiig is a really interesting role to uh, a casting choice for yeah. that. I mean, I yeah, think I would agree. 
it reminded me very much of Paul Rudd being cast as Ant-Man in that kind of a character or an actor who is very typically aligned to comedy style being cast in a superhero style role. Yeah. Um, Apparently, uh, it, so it was a, the role of Cheetah was originally first offered to Emma Stone, but she declined, uh, mm-hmm. and then it was offered to Kristen Wiig. So I think that's an interesting, an interesting one. This will be the ninth DC extended universe movie. Wow, uh, nine! Jeez. Yeah, exactly. When you when you put it when you put it that way, uh, and basically, the, so we also see the inclusion of the gold armor. So yeah. the gold armor is a really interesting one because the gold the, the gold armor of Wonder Woman um, comes from the Alex Ross graphic novel Kingdom Come. Now Kingdom come if uh, any of you are out there kingdom come is is uh I, I would encourage you all to go out and read it it's something that i've read um i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it that's where we have the the inclusion uh the strong inclusion of like the, the black suit from superman um yeah. the, obviously the gold armor the, the kingdom come it's is a lot is of the fan kingdom... favorite looks it's a lot of fan favorite looks it's a great story um it's a it's a full extended universe story that includes all the dc characters uh, i'm not going to spoil anything about it but it's a quite a lengthy graphic novel um but it but it, it's 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 one to, I guess, if you were looking to introduce yourself into the lore of comic books of these characters, that's one to, to pick up on. Do you think the franchise might try to go down that route narratively as well as aesthetically? Because as you uh, say, you know, because we're getting Black Suit Superman in mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's Justice yeah, League. Yeah. And I know they're doing very much a lot of uh, Doom, uh, not Doomsday, uh what's his name dark side yeah yeah and yeah. they're reintroducing dark side and, and doing a lot of that kind of stuff but do you think mm-hmm. big picture they might try and go down a kingdom come kind of route which well, by the I way i've got no idea what that story is i, I think it's I very no, no I, there's a couple of points in the story that would need to be tweaked for you to get down that way there's a couple of uh there's a couple of things that would need to be retconned but ultimately yes i think that that's a really sensible that's a really sensible piece to, to put you know to, to aim for um i mean i and i think it's it's you know, it's one of these ones where I think what we've what we're seeing, especially in the DC universe, is that we're starting to see them claw back towards um, very fan favorite graphic novel stories. Obviously, we we've talked a lot about the Batman, which is coming out with Ro, uh, Ro, Rob Bat and Bat from <laughs> from the beast. But um, you have, from, you from, have from, to say it. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, yeah, from the the Weekly Planet guys who pushed yeah. that one out there. But the but the 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 that one's very much taken from the Long Halloween. Um, which is the the story almost is kind of lifting off there, and I think they would be I think they would be silly not to try and tie it into uh, try and tie the whole DCEU into Kingdom Come. Yeah. Um, other things that we see, so obviously in the trailer, uh, so it was re- obviously the, it features. So the one that we saw uh, December twenty nineteen features the orchestral cover of New Order's Blue Monday. So they're very much throwing themselves into the eighties style soundtrack, yes, which I'm looking I, forward to. Yeah, and actually, Hans Zimmer released a new, well, the first track from the soundtrack because um, Rupert Gregson William has been replaced by Hans Zimmer, which I thought was very, very mm. interesting because obviously Hans Zimmer started this franchise with Man of Steel and was very heavily in the collaboration with Junkie XL for uh, Batman versus Superman and then, f- and coming up, Zack mm-hmm. Snyder's Justice League. So... I sort of see that as the franchise sort of moving back towards some sort of like continuity. Yeah. But I listened to the track before we started the podcast and one, it's got some very eighties kind of sounds in there, Mm, but mm. also it's, it's respecting a lot of Gregson Williams's style. 
mm-hmm. from the first one because the track that he released was called Themyscira. So we can assume that we were going back to that island at some point in this movie. Yeah. And it very much had that kind of Asgardian Thor kind of yeah. heroic feel about it, but in a very Hans Zimmer way and mm-hmm. with an injection of... 80s glam rock as well so mm, you mm. know it's, it's hitting a, hitting a lot of beats there and i'm excited to hear the whole thing yes yes absolutely uh i think it's gonna be a good movie though i uh, yeah hopefully i think that the whole cheetah piece i want it to be good and that and yeah this is, this is the thing i mean it'd be so easy for us you know based on things like suicide squad and and justice league Mm. to you know look at look at these dc outings and go oh god just kill it guys kill yeah, it but yeah but i want them to do well i mm. i genuinely want them to turn it around mm. I, I do i, I really do mm. and i think that's just because i really like man of steel and batman versus superman batman mm. versus superman still being my current favorite you think so yeah oh definitely no that's that's 100 percent for me Fair enough, mate. Well, well, we'll we'll see that when it comes out. I think we probably will go to. I mean, I won't go on Christmas Day. I'll probably be stuffing oh God, my no. face with some sort of turkey. Could you imagine? Or some sort of uh, some sort of big roast dinner. Uh, but no, I I think that would be a good one. That would be a nice one to go and see in January. I like going to the movies in January because nothing yeah. else happens in January. Well, you you know you're in an endless food coma and you're mm-hmm. like, well, I could either sit in my couch and sweat through this coma, or I could go and sweat in a cinema seat. That's it. Yeah, exactly. We're the, the endless choice of where to sweat. Absolutely. That's what Christmas is. That's it. Uh, now, moving away from movies and from soundtracks, and we've kind of, it's not really been a hugely amount of, I think if you were a music fan listening to this episode, you would probably feel a little bit ripped off because we've yeah. kind of talked around a number of different pieces and we're actually going to move away ever so slightly just for this last feature um, from music and movie. And we're going to kind of talk about moving forward from a tech world that's right because there has been a lot of new tech announcements and tech features dropped yeah. um, i mean it is it is a bit of a rarity this year because it doesn't happen that often is well 2020 is a console generation launch year exactly exactly which doesn't which doesn't happen every year you know it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like um iphones which come out every single year without exactly fail. well well i was just on the iphone piece the other piece i was going to slightly mention was uh, ios 14 is obviously just dropped. Oh, okay well do you and, want to do that first or xbox uh, let's just do it very quickly ios 14 just dropped um i think it's something that i want to I think a lot of these tech upgrades is something that is through through my professional world. I'm starting to understand a little bit more and the implications of such. One of the ones that's really interesting is I think I think from a from a perspective of identifying um, where tech is moving towards and what what is capturing um, consumers and what what the consumer model is really feeding the, the the advancement of technology. Something that really caught my eye was a new feature on the drop of iOS 14. So iOS 14 has just come out. Uh, there is widgets, and I think the widgets are cool. They make it look a little bit different. I've got a few. A little bit more Androidy. A little bit more Androidy, <laughs> of course. Uh, but what has really thrown me is a widget called Siri Suggestions. Now, Siri Suggestions is something that the capability for doing this has been out there for a while. It's been pioneered by Android. It's been also pioneered by Sony. But having it to the iPhone is a little bit different because the i the iPhone is, I guess, from a world it's 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 ever so slightly more bureaucratic process in trying to push tech innovation into such a large, large, um, established, um, 
almost conglomerate that is apple um mm. you know you, you take something like apple like you, i guess when you when you look at it from an engineering perspective apple could buy the top five uh defense engineering firms in the whole of the u.s and that's scary when you think about it so it's no yeah, wonder really. that they are sometimes a little bit behind the curve but what they've done is that they have played the slow game and they've released siri suggestions as a w- widget now siri suggestions just to give you a quick two minutes on this it's absolutely fascinating and in some cases a little bit scary and um, as i talked to one of my colleagues about the other day when the two of us were walking into the gym and i looked on my phone to realize that the gym app was ready and waiting in front of me as i walked in because what Siri Suggestions does is it is it collects background data and information on your standard patterns of life. And it's been doing this as long as you've owned your iPhone. And you and I have owned it for a few years now, the, the new yeah. ones, I guess, the kind of the, the, the generation five, as it were, of iPhones. And we will use it in our day-to-day life. We will be talking. We'll be moving stuff. And long long we've suggested it but actually it's pretty true they are listening a lot of things yeah, we're using 100% so so what's happening is and i think there was a lot of people that were identifying this as clever algorithms that were picking up um you know natural language programming and texting and pieces like this but and that's that's also so, there well, it's, really, it's happening but it's also so happening sorry keep going mate. yeah there there's a really good example of this when i went home to scotland last weekend mm mm-hmm. And, you know, because, you know, it is, it is true that, like, obviously when you Google something yep. and then when you go into Amazon, yeah. you know, you see... The targeted you're, you're, advertisements, you're, you're, yeah. You get the targeted advertisements and that's like, right, okay, well, I mean, you know, I, I didn't... That That is like third-party apps, like, talking to each other, but it's on yep. the same device, so, yeah. you know... Well, they're reaching uh, through APIs, right. it's... I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, into yeah. It, but we... Stuff, 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 stuff. But the, the, the points where... It's real. It starts to get really scary. Is when I'm watching All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. right, on Amazon Prime in the living room. My sister, who is not a football fan in the slightest, yeah, knows nothing about it. Would never Google anything about football, yeah, let alone specifically Tottenham Hotspur or anything like that. Comes in and sits with me in the living room and stays there for about twenty minutes. Yeah, and her phone's with her. Yeah. Later that afternoon, she's scrolling through Facebook, and what ad ads do, does she see? Yeah, Tottenham. All Hotspur. or nothing. All or nothing. Tottenham Hotspur. Amazing. That's mm, that's scary. Yeah. Well, it's, like that's I, not cool. But it's, I don't think. But it's 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 one of these ones where I we we have already it, it's whether it's cool or not it's cool because we've subscribed to using the 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 service of Apple and we've subscribed to using the service of that they've tried to provide a little bit of clarity to this there's a small green dot or yellow dot that's now going to feature next to the sort of the the the, the top of your phone whenever yeah. you're using zoom whenever you're calling whenever you because that is saying we are actually now actively collecting uh harvesting your data at the moment which is yeah. through natural language programming to help improve our services and serious suggestions is, is a kind of move into the other direction where actually they they're they're picking up habits and patterns of people now um I don't want to get too into this whole thing. I think it's a really, I think it's a really, really interesting piece. What I would say is, um, this is the, I guess, for lack of a better word, and I think that the, the phrase that's used in the kind of tech world is, this is the weak signals of actually areas where you know, you know, people have no, like, this is one of the few times where the tech worlds are really kind of showing their hands in terms of the capability that they can provide. Yeah. Um, but. Personally, I think it's a really cool thing. I think the, the series suggestion is really good. Uh, obviously, do your research before you, you get into this. But I think it's something that we wanted to kind of just throw around and see where we all think about you. I mean, you're not a fan of stuff like this, are you? Well, I, 
do you know what? I, I, I hum and haw about it because at the end of the day, a lot of things are being collected and pushed upon me without my consent and things like that. Mm. But at the same time, well, it's when it comes into things that matter, doesn't it? When, yeah, but, when it comes into polit- you know, politics and things like well, that, yeah, that's, the, because, that's the conversation. Yeah, because you know, I think about 90% of my life and I think, well, why do I care that when I go to, when, when I, to use your example, go to the gym and the gym app pops up on my phone? Why, why, why do I care? Like, I'm just a normal person living, mm. you know, living my life. And frankly, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty boring guy. I don't do anything that risky. Well, that's it. And like, that's, that's and what I'm, people typically will say about themselves. They'll say, well, actually, there's nothing really to gain about me. But, but it's, 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 people aren't interested in you. They're not interested in Alex. They're interested in the, the, the conglomerate of people that live in your sphere, the people you interact with and how you yeah. move around with, because that's ultimately a, that's ultimately a feature for change. You can, that's a movement that you can slowly curate um, ideologies and designs towards. And that, that's the concern. That's the huge concern, yeah. which is where we get into the political piece of this. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 yeah. In, in, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It is definitely interesting. Should and we talk then, about something less interesting. Yeah, I guess like let's, gaming. Let's 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 pivot over because let's 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 find the segue because the segue is that um, subscription models. Subscription models are a piece. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Apple, there are subscription services. They've got the trade in the upgrade program, which personally I don't think is fairly priced, and there's a reason why that is, and I can get into it. But that's happening across the spectrum, and this kind of started when you brought to me the fact that we have the next gen consoles. They've yeah. now got their prices. The prices are out there. You can see for yourself. Personally, I think the both of us, we both felt that they're very, they're quite reasonable actually. I remember, they're very reasonable. I mean, com- compared to what standard tech is, and actually, you know, I, I use my Xbox currently. I've obviously bought a new one, which there was a bit of a drama about that a few oh episodes God. back. If you want, how but, many but, times do we have to keep hearing about but, this? But, Christ. But, the the new ones coming out that at no point would I turn my nose up at that. I mean that they're just bargains whether you look at it or not. Yeah. But they have a subscription service. Over to you, mate. Yeah. So the question obviously is whether or not you traditionally pay outright for a console. Now, both you and I are Xbox gamers. So for the sake of argument, let's just talk about this from a Microsoft perspective. Yeah. Yeah. There are two consoles coming out. The Xbox. W- the Xbox Series X, mm-hmm. which is dropping at four hundred and fifty pounds. Mm-hmm. Wow, and... that's really cheap, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, no, no. I think I think that's quite good. If you think about how much use you'll get out of that. Well, yeah, that's the point. I mean, console generations are typically what eight years. Yeah, I mean, eight think, years. Think, think, think about that, right? Think about it. If you had that for at least two years, right? By and large, the kind of habits I have, you're probably looking at less than a pound to play per evening. Yeah, Something or like or watch on, or yeah, oh, that's great. No, so yeah, but at the same time, four hundred and fifty pounds is still four hundred and fifty pounds. Like mm-hmm. that is still mm-hmm. that is still objectively a large amount of money to pay for a toy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially as grown-ass adults, in my personal opinion. That's not poo-pooing anyone's thing. I like gaming. Like, that's just me. The Xbox Series S is £200 cheaper. Mm. That's coming out at £250. And that is very, very interesting because it's not just a discless version. Mm Mm-hmm of the xbox series x it actually has different components inside it it's basically designed to the the main difference being it can't do 
it in 4K. That's the oh, only difference. Basically, Micro Microsoft designed the difference of these two consoles so that you can have exactly the same experience mm -hmm. on each console, mm -hmm. but the Series X will do it in 4K, mm -hmm. and the Series S will do it in like 1080 with like some 4K upscaling if you have a 4K TV. Oh, so the four, so it will do four, 4K upscaling in the same way that my Xbox right now does 4K upscaling. Yes, exactly. So um, visually, visually, the S will have the S will have the same graphics capability as your Xbox One S at the moment, mm -hmm. but it'll it'll will definitely be faster. Mm -hmm. It will definitely be faster and more and more fluid. Mm. Uh, and the Xbox Series X will be doing everything native in 4K where you'll get that really, really high refresh rate that gamers love. Interesting. Where, where it's really, and it'll have the high, the high definition of 4K as well, uh -huh. which for me is much more attractive. I'm not really that interested in the S just because it's not, one, because I have a 4K TV. Yeah. So why would I get a console that yeah. that is behind the screen that I have? Yeah. Uh, and also because you kind of want to future-proof yourself, don't you? If well, you're so going into a, if you're going into a eight-year console generation, it, it does make more sense to just go for it right out the gate, yeah, and be assured of a good experience throughout. I I, I want to talk about future-proofing a little bit because that's a really great place you put this. And I and I had a, I took a step back and as as a consumer and I looked at these two consoles and I thought to myself, what do I want from a next generation? And I and I know that they Microsoft, especially, you know, we're talking about this. Microsoft have put so much time and effort into understanding what is the longevity, what's the what what's the modular capability, and what ultimately will mean that you can uh, succinctly bring things in and out. Now, Amazon, we talked a lot, talk a lot about Amazon there. I, I, it's it's the 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 Microsoft are so lucky that Amazon don't have a games console out there because if Amazon had a games console out there, it would be fantastic it would be as small as you like and it would have a reach and request capability and the reason why is because amazon have built their functionality through all apis in 2012 jeff bezos insisted that every single function that ever is used by any uh, amazon employee that anything that's designed reach and request information through api in the same way that like skyscanner does it when you want to go right. from from edinburgh to barcelona you you it gives you all the information from all the different websites um but it's because it's doing that reach and request is asking british british airways and easyjet very specific question and yeah. that's what amazon work towards that's that's the api model now yeah. microsoft are moving towards that model with these new ex, uh, consoles but what i don't think they've done that well is they haven't leaned on the cloud computing capability nearly as well as they should and the cloud storage capabilities they should because that is where the future of this is. So let's go really to today. Let's go back to 2020 because right now I'm sat playing my Model S and so are you um, and you have games as a disc. You have a disc formatted game, right? Yeah. And when I was looking to get a new games console, I was thinking, well, there's only about 20 pounds difference between the discless 
uh, console and the non-distillers console. And yeah. I think that that is wrong. I think that the, the, they need to push that more. So the first thing that I would say, I well, don't no, understand. No, but they are doing that now. No, but they're not doing it enough, mate. This is the point I'm trying to make, right? If they really wanted to future-proof this capability, the first service they would put in place is a service where you as a, a, a Microsoft customer could trade in the, the disk capability you have and you could, so that you're not rebuying again because yeah. what they're waiting for you to do is they're waiting for you to go right i'm sick of always changing the discs on my xbox i'm just gonna buy fallen order again i'm just gonna buy fifa again and and have it digital yeah. and then just sell on my disc because that's what they're waiting to do which yeah. i think if they can crack that signal, the ability for people to have a one-time conversion from your disc play to your to your online, then you're really cooking by gas. Because then Microsoft could have just went, we're actually releasing a, not a discless console. Yeah. And I think that was where the real money to be made was. Well, we're not, we're really not far away from that. No. Because... You know, to use the examples that you gave, which were FIFA and Fallen Order, mm -hmm. right? Those are those are all EA games. Those mm -hmm. are both EA games. Mm -hmm. EA has a service called All Access, mm -hmm. right? Where where basically you get the back catalogue of EA games that are yours. You mm -hmm. get all mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. for a monthly subscription. Now, mm -hmm. Xbox are lumping in an EA Play subscription to their xbox unlimited package which mm -hmm. is the very interesting point i want to come across is there is they're introducing this monthly subscription which includes the hardware which is a first yes. that has never happened before that has never happened before so you can get the xbox series x with game pass which is a huge library mm. that's like I think I think five times bigger than any service PlayStation are offering. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, sorry, plus, just, just plus EA Play just... for twenty five pounds twenty five pounds a month. Oh, twenty eight twenty eight pounds a month. month. Twenty eight pounds a month. Which is which is cracking. Sorry, just before you go in there, just on that one on the Game Pass library. Sorry to bring away from the kind of the deep conversation. The reason it's so big is because half the games on it and the majority of games on it are shite. There's a lot of there's a lot of clutter on that thing. There is, there is a lot of clutter. It's there it's, is clutter, but you also but you also get a fair number of AAA titles. Yeah, you do. G yeah, 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 yeah. GTA Five is on there. Red Dead Redemption Two is on there now. Yeah. I mean, that's like, great. But that's what I'm talking about. This is the point I'm making. It's the cloud computing piece. That's there. That you, you can download that locally to your console. But what they need to crack, and it's what they're currently doing, is that generates... So we're Generation 5, these models. I put it to you now. Generation 6 will be cloud cloud stored cloud computing where you buy a console that's the size of your hand the size of a raspberry pi that has that yeah. reach and request that means that when you play a game when you play red dead redemption 3 okay you don't have it downloaded to your console you stream the game from the cloud and yeah, that and obviously, is the future yes oh, undeniably it's the because future. that's because the that's there the you can do that now, now but the difficulty is input lag because yes you can do that now because mm -hmm. what what what's the service that did was it google that did that yeah so the google do that yeah and but it's terrible well. yeah but it's terrible so i know some like, people all who do the, this nah all the like all the user user experiences from the google what's it called google game something yeah i think game center i don't yeah. know what it's called stadia stadia, stadia. Yeah, yeah that's the one right the input lag is shocking 
like shocking shocking and that's not even and they and i've seen loads of videos and reviews about it Mm. and they say and they say even for single player games where like you're not you know because obviously with things like call of duty Mm. and and things like that and multiplayer games you're like okay well input lag and real-time reactions and things like that you know need they need to be top notch Mm. but even even like single player adventure games Mm. Mm. and those things are just you, you can't do anything you you're you're waiting seconds to get the input from your controller back at you well i i know someone who it's does premature. it premature i know some it's premature completely premature i know some people who do it right now and they do they do it through uh i think i think it's vista so microsoft vista or is it aws that they do it and they stream games through their cloud gaming systems um and they actually the model they pay is that it's cost 59 i think it's 59 pence per hour per cloud storage piece that you're playing on so it's a pay to play model that they have it's it is very immature but i think it's the way forward in fact i'm almost concerned it's a- hundred percent the year for it's a hundred percent the way forward but it's not there yet and also they need this generation to introduce the infrastructure of digital libraries yeah the digital library not enough because not enough people embrace that during this current generation like anyway we're going really deep into this but it's a really i i just think it's a really interesting discussion point i'm sure we'll have this one again when we purchase these things are you going to buy them when they were launched Oh, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure about if I'm getting it at launch, mainly because I can play nine, like all of the games that will be released on the current Xbox that I have. So mm. I, I, you know, the fire's not there, but I am fairly sure that if I do, that when I do buy one, because I will get one eventually, mm. when I do buy one, I think I'll be getting it on uh, Xbox Ultimate with the monthly payments. Yeah. Because I, I find paying £28 a month for the hardware plus Xbox Game Pass plus EA Play is a much, much better deal than paying £450 up front for, for the hardware and then paying £10 a month for mm. um, Game Pass and then paying uh, £5 five or eight pounds a month i think you're right ea play yeah i think i think that makes sense and i think i'll probably do the same thing when you do that are you sorry i know you're not the salesperson for this but are you under some sort of that warranty for two years for your hardware yeah yeah um the warranty is exactly the same when you enter the finance agreement you own you own the hardware outright which means you have the same interest warranty privileges and it is out and, and it is outright ownership because it's also zero zero percent interest there's no interest on it so it's fixed i mean that ownership piece is another thing that's just so clever that's something that consumers are not aware of and i think just very quickly in, in a 30 second piece when you crack the warranty piece and the ownership piece on any subscription model you have won the consumer like you have won them because for so long with subscription model pieces and stuff and this is what a lot of other i guess industries were, were very slow to pick up on things like virgin and sky remember the sky boxes and stuff yeah you didn't own that stuff you didn't and the fact that you didn't own it that that just made it so unviable to make sure that you can i guess upgrade it and make it yeah. make it actually future proof back to the words but the being able yeah. to own these things that's genius that's awesome yeah. that's awesome yeah. now i think you've convinced me mate that's a really good so there's some good consumer advice from going through the motions yeah fabulous we know you didn't ask for it but you're having it anyway i know i'm gonna have to put some sort of briefing at the start of this episode to be like it's a wonder woman and tech uh episode or as opposed to a music and movies one yeah
probably. But it's good. I like it. I like pushing yeah, the boat fun. out a little bit more. That's um, fun. Seems, something to chat about. Something to chat about. And also, what do they have to do next? Got to get yourself onto the Apple Podcast app and mm-hmm. give us a cheeky little five-star rating and perchance a review. Mm. Please do write in. We love reading it. And it also really does help our numbers and helps more people discover us, etc., 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 which we love. Mm. You could also just tell us your favorite movie or favorite movie soundtrack, whatever you want. And we're also on Spotify as well. Yeah, we are. Um, And you can also leave a fantastic review, uh, like one that Catherine's just left for us here. And it's a five-star review on there. And it says, instructions for best results, microwave heat. Remove outer sleeve and pierce film lid several times. 800 watts for five minutes, 30 seconds, or 900 watts for five minutes. Snap compartments in half, place chicken korma on the microwave, and heat on full power for two minutes, 30 seconds. So thanks for that, Catherine. That's a really nice review of the show. You that's, can, how the, that's how the peach got burnt. You can also... It? The mango. You can the mango. Also, oh, sorry. I ruined it. You can <laughs> also uh, write to us at motionspod at gmail.com, uh, as yeah. a lot of people have. And we... I'm sorry we're not getting around to them. We're kind of on a track right now with the, the, the movies that we have here. I'm, I'm sure we'll get out to it, uh, out, out of this, stuck in this rut. When is this ever going to end? What are we going to do? We've got we've got Scott Pilgrim, which we're going to do. I think it's going to be next week. Um, then we've got Aquaman. Then we've got The World's End. I think that's us for then, is it? Oh, we're not Shazam. Doing... Oh, God, we've got Shazam to do as well. Justice League. Why don't we throw in a little, why don't we throw in a little break? Birds of Prey. Oh, God, I'm not doing Birds of Prey. Yeah, you are. No, the praise of praise. Yeah, yeah. We'll, do, yeah. we'll move on to something else now. We'll talk about well, I've not seen awful. that one either. That's the only one I've not seen, and I'm waiting to watch it for you. So we're doing it. <sighs> anyway, thank you very much for listening to the show, everyone. And we will speak to you again next week. Until then, bye now. All right, guys. Ta ta.